Apple has long been the big dog in the podcasting space. In this episode, I'm going to dig into the facts about recent issues that have happened with Apple and best practices regarding iTunes and Apple Podcasts. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. Podcastification is all about you, teaching you how to podcast, how to put into practice the best practices that I and my team have learned in working with hundreds of clients. You are going to podcast better from listening to this show. If you like what you hear on Podcastification, please just hit the pause button, swipe to the sharing function on your app, and share this episode with somebody you know will benefit. And if you'd like to get in on more Podcastification goodness, you can do it by subscribing to our Podcast Optimizer email series. And I promise you, you won't get lots of junk. You'll just get one actionable email a week. Go to podcastfasttrack.com slash optimizer. That is enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. If you have been in the podcasting space for any length of time, you know the name iTunes. Or maybe you know the name Apple Podcasts. You see, recently, Apple's kind of had multiple personality disorder, or maybe it's an identity crisis where they can't exactly decide who they want to be when they grow up. But the reality is Apple is all grown up and is actually just having the growing pains that any company that's successful and continues to grow is going to have. This episode, I want to talk to you about some of the many things that have been happening. And there's a number of little categories within this that I'll have to address. So as I move forward here, keep that in mind. Because if you have to skip away from the episode for some reason, you have to put it on pause, be sure you come back because there are a lot of topics here relating to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and the best practices you should be employing these days to make sure your show is staying relevant and findable in the iTunes Apple Podcast directory. All right, let's move on to the first issue. All right, I mentioned before, Apple has multiple personalities. Recently, the folks at Apple have decided they are going to switch from calling certain aspects of what they do iTunes and instead start calling them Apple Podcasts. And there's a lot of confusion around that. And the best that I can understand it is this. It appears that the computer software and the app music podcast store are called iTunes. Okay, so the iTunes store, the iTunes software, those sorts of things. But the place where you submit podcasts and the iOS app are called by the name Apple Podcasts. Now, for our purposes, which is podcasting, Everything really just needs to be referred to as Apple Podcasts from here on out. That goes for your episode audio, you want to say Apple Podcasts, for anything else you want to say Apple Podcasts, because that is what Apple is looking for. They're also asking that you switch out any artwork you may have on your website or on your episode pages that show subscribe on iTunes. Uh, No more. You got to subscribe on Apple Podcasts now, and I will have a link in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 121, where you can download the current artwork that you are supposed to be using for Apple Podcasts 
or you can just swipe to the description in your podcast player app and find a link to those show notes right there. So begin referring to iTunes as Apple Podcasts, begin showing those logos on your fields. If you don't, what could happen? Well, if you don't, you will never have a chance of ever being featured by Apple in any of their top of the website or top of the iTunes store categories because they want to see shows there that are actually supporting their efforts at this rebrand that they're doing. So the folks at Apple have said that iTunes, for all intents and purposes, as it regards to podcasting, will be deprecated over time. And it's supposed to start soon, but we haven't seen it happen yet. So keep that in mind. Right now, Apple's struggling from this identity crisis, and we've got to do our part to go along. All right, let's move on to the next. It has to do with episode and podcast-wide titles. Okay, when I say a title, what do I mean by a title? Well, the name of your show is the title. The name of your episode is the title. Okay, so for this show, it's podcastification. For this episode, I'm not certain exactly what it's going to be titled now, but it's going to be something like iTunes Best Practices 2018 or something like that. Those are what I'm referring to when I say titles. And in case you haven't heard the hubbub, the ban hammer is coming down. And what I mean by that is shows are getting booted out of the directory by the folks at Apple without any warning because their titles are what Apple considers to be inappropriate. And what Apple's really trying to target here are titles that are spammy. You've probably seen some shows like this where someone will name their show the greatest business show ever, comma, or colon, interviewing people like Seth Godin or Jerry Springer or whoever. I don't know why Jerry Springer would be on a business podcast, but regardless, you get the point where people are trying to game the system by stuffing all these keywords into their title. Now, it doesn't have to be just that kind of keyword stuffing where you're putting in names that are really irrelevant. You may be actually putting in terms that do have to do with your show. So for example, one of the best examples I can give you, there's a great podcast that you should be listening to called The Feed. And it's Libsyn's official podcast. Okay, Libsyn is a podcast media host. But The Feed is really the name of the show. By looking at that title, you don't really know what that show is about. So when Libsyn puts colon, the official Libsyn podcast, they are helping you understand, oh, this is Libsyn's show. Because by the way, there are four or five different shows called The Feed. So it's important to be able to differentiate. But the folks at Apple don't really care about that. They don't want you putting the colon and the extra little description afterward in your title field. In fact, some of the shows that have been bumped out of iTunes have been bumped out for that very reason, because they've had descriptive phrases, or maybe even you might consider it a subtitle, in their title field. The Apple folks are saying across the board, nobody is allowed to do that. This goes also for your author field. In this case, I could put Kerry Green, comma, podcast producer and coach. But if I do that, I'm running the risk of getting banned from the directory. Now, if you're banned, you can always get back in. There's ways to go about that. But the point is this. Do you want to have yourself kicked out of the largest directory of podcasts that exists? 
and that's the iTunes directory or the Apple Podcast directory. I would say you probably don't want that to happen so you don't have to deal with it at all. There is an unintended impact to what Apple's doing. Legitimate uses, like the Libsyn example I gave you, are also getting caught up in this ban. So my response is, we should just play by their rules. It's their platform. They can apply the rule however they like and however stupid it may be to the individual shows that are in their directory. They have the right to do that. So what can you do? Well, first of all, I would say check your current show level title and make adjustments if you need to. Be careful that things like colons, hyphens, vertical bars dividing one part of your title from another appear to be tip-offs to the folks at Apple that, hey, keyword stuffing is about to commence. So be careful about your use of those things. You can recreate your title if needed. Now, it could be tough if you're already a well-known brand or a well-known podcast, but you need to keep in mind that those are the things that Apple Podcasts is looking for when they're deciding whether your show-level title needs to have some kind of correction, and in their mind, correction is banning you from the directory. I don't like it. I really don't like it because there are legitimate uses of these keywords because the only way that people find your show in their directory is either by the title field or by what's in the author field. That's it. So if you don't have your particular most important keywords in your title field or in your author field, which you shouldn't have them there, then people who come into the directory looking for, example, a marketing podcast are never going to hear your greatest business show ever podcast, even though it talks about marketing. They're never going to find it because their search phrase, marketing, is not in your title. So you can rework your title. You can create a new title for your show. You could say greatest business and marketing podcast ever. You could just change the title. I would suggest you might also consider changing the cover art if you do that so that the two are consistent. And if someone at Apple looks at your title, then looks at your cover art and they say, okay, that really is the title of their show, then they would be more easily satisfied. Now, no one has even said you have to do that, that change to your cover art. That's just my suggestion. It makes sense to me. So recreate that title if you need to do that. You would do that at the place where your feed is generated. That may be on your website if you're using the Blueberry PowerPress plugin. It may be in your Libsyn Media Host account or your Podbean account or your Fireside FM account, wherever you were hosting that podcast. That's where you're going to need to make that change. Now, also, there is something you need to consider about cutesy titles versus functional titles. Let me give you an example. Let's say your show is called Lizard Labor, and it's about chameleon breeding. <laughs> there actually is a very popular show amongst chameleon breeders about chameleon breeding. Well, lizard labor is likely not going to be searched in the directory ever, unless it's somebody who's heard specifically about your show and is coming to find it. But something like the chameleon breeding show would more likely be searched because people would go in there searching for chameleon or chameleons, that sort of thing. So keep that in mind when you're renaming your show. You can have a cutesy title. You're totally entitled to do that. But you may be limiting your findability in the directory search because they don't have their algorithm set up to search on anything but 
keywords, and those keywords must be either in your show title or in your author tag. Now, this also applies to episode-level titles. This is where I think we can get a lot more creative. You can much more easily create a title to your episode that says something like sales marketing and content marketing tips for the modern entrepreneur. You know, that could be the title of an episode and that would be entirely legitimate. It wouldn't be keyword stuffing because you're truly talking about all those kinds of things. Basically, what you need to keep in mind with your titles is make them relevant, make them clear and say what it is you do. Say what your show is about and then make your show about that. Say what your episode is about and make that episode about that. That's really all you can do. Because in the end, it's coming down to some person at iTunes evaluating your show title to see if it is spammy or not in their estimation. There's no clear definition of what that means. Now, I want to give you an example here of a podcast that I have coming up that I'm going to be producing as my family travels around the country that I'm trying to fit in keywords in a way that is legitimate, meaning they truly are things we're talking about. The keywords in my title are things we're talking about, but it's also really difficult because I intended initially to call my show the Great American Roadshow, right? But how many people are going to be searching for Great American? How many are going to be searching for Roadshow? They might be searching for American, but that would be the only thing I can think of. So I've decided I'm going to name the show the following. The Great American Roadshow, USA Culture, History, and Travel. Now, is that gaming the system? I don't believe it's gaming the system because it's telling end users what my show is really about, what content they can expect to hear on the show. But it's more than I originally intended because I want to make use of those keywords. People who are searching USA and culture and history and travel. I want them to be able to find my show because that serves them better. And that really is what I wish the folks at iTunes would keep in mind when they're applying their ban hammer. Does this title serve the end listener? That's really what you want. You want your directory to be functional. So if there's any folks from iTunes or Apple Podcasts listening, that's my advice to you as a professional who works in the industry. It serves the end user better if the title is actually functional. So we'll see what happens with my upcoming podcast. We'll see if this ban hammer comes down on me. If it does, I'll have to change my title to The Great American Roadshow and just go from there and focus more on other types of promotion rather than relying, not solely, but to a large degree, on the search function of the directory. The kind of stuff that you're hearing on this episode of Podcastification is the kind of stuff that my team learns kind of making our own mistakes as we work with clients. And sometimes it's a client who makes a mistake and we get to kind of help them unravel what happened and why did it happen. Dealing with all these directories like iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and the various places that your show can be distributed you learn all kinds of things about what works and what doesn't work, both from a publishing standpoint and from a best practices standpoint, like the issue with titles that I'm talking about in this episode. That's a great example. If you are at the beginning of your learning curve, or even if you are well into this thing we call podcasting, and you would like to shortcut 
that process of learning the things that actually work and work well, and you would like to understand why they work and how to do what actually is going to be beneficial to the publication and growth of your show. That's why we've created our podcast consulting services. I will personally get on the phone with you or video conference if you prefer, and we will chat about your show the specific things you're doing, how you have your show set up in your media host, how you're actually promoting it on social media, what we can do to maximize your efforts, both from a setup and tweaking standpoint and from an ongoing distribution standpoint to make your show as effective as it can be so that as the clock continues to tick, your show grows and gains momentum over time. Our podcast consulting services are kind of an a la carte service. You pick exactly what you want. We determine how many hours it's going to take to talk about that, and that's how we bill it. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com slash consulting. Okay, let's move on to the next issue that relates to iTunes Apple Podcasts. Contrary to popular belief, iTunes is not a chart. It's not a chart that shows the top podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, that have ever been downloaded or who's getting the most downloads this month or whatever. That's not what it is. It is a directory. It is like a phone book that outlines all of the shows that are available that have been submitted to the Apple Podcast directory and ranking You'll see on the actual iTunes software on the right-hand side, you'll see a top 100 category. And that is not the top 100 shows being downloaded today. It's not. That's not what that algorithm is searching for. It's the top 100 that have been subscribed to in the last 48-hour rolling period. Now, that's kind of convoluted, but just imagine this way. Over the past 48 hours, more subscriptions have happened for some shows than have for others. That is what that top 100 is searching for. What has been subscribed to the most in the last 48 hours? So that's going to be changing all the time. I have an episode specifically about this you can listen to found at podcastfasttrack.com slash 98 because it's episode 98. Because this ranking, so to speak, is changing all the time, in my view, it's not really that big of a thing to worry about. And this applies to the specific categories within the directory as well. Categories like business or education or politics, same thing. It's based on subscriptions over the last 48-hour rolling period. Recently, this functionality in the directory broke. It was not updating. Some of the shows that have long been in the top 100 and stay in the top 100 were suddenly not appearing. And it appears that someone had gamed the system. Someone had figured out a way to push undeserving shows to the top by having, you know, Fiverr people or something like that subscribe and unsubscribe and subscribe and unsubscribe. And and the folks at Apple have fixed this now, but this system can apparently be gamed. You may even have received an offer from some kind of shady company guaranteeing you what they'll call top ranking in the iTunes charts. Man, if you get an email like that, run, run, run away. You do not want to be a part of that. That is a surefire way to get your show bumped out of iTunes permanently because you are misusing their system. I have an article I'll link to in the show notes for this episode at podcastfasttrack.com slash 121. That is very helpful 
about how this game manipulation is actually happening. I'm referencing that so you can see how it's being done in order to avoid it, not so you can go and do the same thing. So what should we do about this directory placement issue? Well, my first advice is that you focus on quality content. Focus on effective word-of-mouth promotion. Get your listeners involved and your rabid fans. Get them started sharing your episodes with people that they know who like the topics that you're talking about. Focus also on effective marketing, social media, community, possibly spending money on ads. And let me just say something there. On a recent episode of The Feed, which I mentioned earlier, episode 130, Rob talks about an experiment he did using the Overcast Ads platform. And Overcast is a podcast playing platform that actually provides ads. And it's really a smart idea to me. You're placing ads in front of podcasters, you know, people who already listen to podcasts, and you're targeting shows that are similar to your show. That just makes sense that that's a good place to get new listeners. And it seems like the Overcast ads platform actually gives pretty good return on your investment. If you want to listen to that episode of the feed to hear Rob's experience with it, you can find that at podcastfasttrack.com slash 121 in the show notes. And it's right about one hour, 15 minutes where you want to listen to hear Rob's explanation of what happened when he tried Overcast ads. All right, let's move on to the next section, Podcast Connect. Now, I wonder how many of you even know that Podcasts Connect even exists. It's a page that the Apple team has created, podcastsconnect.apple.com. And it's a beta sort of a platform. So that means it's still glitchy sometimes. It's not the final version, but they've got it out and they're letting people like you and me use it to kind of work out the kinks as we use it. Now, there's one big caveat you need to understand about what you're going to see on Podcasts Connect. You are going to see lots of stats for your particular podcast or podcasts. If you have more than one, they'll all be shown there. But understand this. You're only going to see data for iOS 11 or iTunes 12.7 or later and the HomePod devices. That's it. So if someone's using an older version of iOS or an older version of iTunes, they are not going to be included in the data set that you're going to see on Podcast Connect. It also means a significant part of your audience who are Android users aren't going to be reflected there at all. Or people who listen on a website by hitting a player button, they're not going to be represented there at all. This is only for iOS 11 or iTunes 12.7 and later, or HomePod, that's it. But it is still a good peek through the keyhole into what's happening with a very significant part of your audience. because. What Apple does for podcasting is still the biggest platform, the biggest way people listen. And so you're getting a good peek into what's happening with your audience. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to podcastconnect.apple.com. You're going to need your Apple ID and you're going to log in. And it's going to take you to a site with a title across the left-hand side that says iTunes Connect. (laughs) Now, isn't that funny? We're supposed to call it Apple Podcasts, but even they are calling it iTunes Connect, and it's in the URL as well. So anyway, right there next to the iTunes Connect header, you'll click on the little drop-down arrow and choose Podcast Analytics. You'll select your podcast, and it's going to show you all kinds of analytics, which we're going to go through here in a moment. There's also an option there where you can refresh your show. 
in the Apple Podcast directory. So that means if you have some reason you need it to update, like you just published an episode that's not showing, or you changed your cover art or your description, things like that, you can kind of force the directory to re-pull the information from your feed. It's not immediate, though. It can take up to 72 hours, or in my experience, even longer for some of these updates to actually take effect. So you can do that there. Now, what kind of stats are you going to see? Well, you're going to see show level stats, like the total number of unique devices that a particular episode has been played on, or your particular show has been played on, rather. You're going to see the total number of hours that your show has been listened to across all devices. You're going to see the average time your show has been listened to per device. And you'll see how much of that listening time was done by subscribers versus non-subscribers. That's all pretty helpful information. You'll also see the top countries. And in all those categories, you can dive into the specifics to learn. For example, on one of my podcasts, I can see that it has many more listens on weekdays than it does on weekends. And why would I use that data? Well, it might help me in marketing efforts in the future. It might help me know, release something that's pressing and urgent on a weekday, not on a weekend, because it will be heard more readily, more quickly if I release it on a weekday. You see that kind of thing. Now, inside Podcast Connect, you're also going to see episodic stats. You'll see the average consumption percentage of your particular episodes. Sometimes you'll even see that it's over 100%. My guess is that means that people are listening to it more than once. At least somebody is. And it's racking up more than 100% worth of listen. It's going to show you where in the episode your listeners begin to drop off. That's very helpful. If you want an overview of how to use the data you're going to find there in Podcast Connect, I found a great resource from appcoda.com. I will link to it in the show notes for this episode, podcastfasttrack.com slash 121, or slide to the description in your app and go to the show notes from there. Now, what should we do about this issue of Podcast Connect? Well, get in there. Play around with it. Look at your stats. You can get some ideas of how your podcast is being consumed. If your show consistently begins to have people dropping off at about the five-minute mark, maybe you have some decisions to make about what can you change right there around five minutes in your podcast to keep those people listening. Is there something that's happening right there that's particularly boring or losing their attention or whatever? You can also, if you see a trend like mine where your show gets more listeners on a particular day, it may tell you something about what day you should publish on or when you should do promotions, those kinds of things. And Apple has actually provided its own video on how to use Podcast Connect. I will include that link as well in the show notes for this episode. All right, let's move on and let's talk about the overall, I guess we'd call it glitchiness of the iTunes platforms. Okay, now as a PC user, I have long used the iTunes desktop software for PC in order to do research, to look at shows, to look at cover art examples, to even look up my own shows in the iTunes or Apple podcast directory. And I just have to tell you, it is the glitchiest thing I've ever seen. Ah! And it has always been that way. I don't know what the deal is, but the overall glitchiness of the iTunes desktop software is just not acceptable. I don't know what's up with it, why it never gets fixed, but it doesn't. Now let's move over to the podcast app that iOS users would have on their mobile devices. Or would that be Apple Podcasts? Hmm. 
whatever it is, it's interestingly glitchy. And here's what I mean. It was sometime earlier in 2018 that Apple added episode level tags, which enabled us to add episode numbers or to tell what type of episode it is. Is it a trailer? Is it best listened to in a series? Is it non-episodic? You know, how is it that we formatted these episodes? That's very helpful information for listeners. And we were strongly urged by the Apple team to begin using those. Now, I know I, for one, and with all of our clients, we've begun doing that. We've been filling in all that information. But as of now, November of 2018, those much-anticipated tags are not being displayed in Apple's own app. Why is that? Well, it's because things are glitchy. They kind of got ahead of the curve on what they wanted to happen without having the bandwidth to implement it somehow. I don't know how that happens. Now, on both of these things, the iTunes desktop software and the podcast app, both of them appear to pull their feed information about podcasts from the same database, the same directory. But it may lapse in coverage at times. And here's an explanation of what I mean. We had a client recently who launched his show with three episodes. The episodes were live in his media host account. The episodes were supposed to be live in the Apple podcast directory three days prior to the launch. And they just never showed up. His show was there, but there were no episodes. It wasn't showing anything. And so we had to contact Apple Podcasts, go back and forth until finally we just get this kind of cryptic email saying, we can verify that all of your episodes are available. So we go and we look and lo and behold, there they are. No explanation as to what happened. No explanation as to how we can avoid it in the future. That's just what we got. And this overall glitchiness, both in the way things work and in the kind of responses that you get back from Apple, seem to be par for the course. I don't know that there's anything about that that's going to change. I don't know that there's anything we can do to change it. It's their platform. They will update it and use it the way they see fit. I think what we need to do is just get used to it. And that leads me into the final comments for this episode. Hello. Now, I want to say as we wrap up here that Apple has done a tremendous service to all of us who are indie podcasters. The reason I say that is this. Apple could have very easily just used their platform to highlight big brand names, PBS-oriented shows, National Public Radio-oriented shows, big-name company shows, network broadcasting shows like ABC, NBC, those kinds of things. But they didn't. They gave us indie podcasters an equal platform to publish on right alongside the big-name companies. So in that sense, we're showing up in search results just as much as they are. That is a wonderful thing. So Apple has done us a great service by doing that. But like any company that's trying to grow, trying to expand, trying to iterate on what it's doing in order to get better, they have their issues from time to time. But it's their platform. They get to decide how to handle things. They get to decide the time frame in which they're going to improve things. And they have the discretion to boot podcasts out of their directory for almost any reason even though there are terms of service that exist that try to clarify why you will get booted, they still just seem to be a bit erratic and inconsistent in their application of their own terms of service. Now, let me wrap up here with telling you there are two more resources I'm going to include in the show notes page for this episode. These are published by iTunes themselves. There's the iTunes Partner Resources, which you'll find the link in the show notes at podcastfasttrack.com slash 121. 
There is a page they've created recently called iTunes Podcast Marketing Best Practices. Great resources. Check them out. I think you'll find them very helpful. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.